Welcome to another episode of Launch Chat, where we answer your startup questions every single day. I'm your host, Jake Hare. And before we get into the episode, I want to remind you that to celebrate the launch of the podcast, we're giving one listener a free ticket to TechCrunch Disrupt this September in San Francisco. If you're interested and want to enter, head over to launchchat.io to enter the giveaway. Now, today's question is about MVPs. And I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. Like the, the mistake we're going to talk about today is one that I've made literally a thousand times. <laughs> um, and uh, I, there's a lot of founders that I know who make the same uh, mistake uh, with their MVP. Um, and I'm kind of going through this right now because at Launchpeer, we don't just talk about working with entrepreneurs. Like we actually build and ship our own pro- products too. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit today about one of the products that we're working on launching and how um, I'm literally making the same mistake right now. Um, and I'm going to give Matt the advice that I wish I would actually listen to myself. But I, I want you to understand as we talk about this, that it is going to be difficult. It is a really hard thing to do. So uh, I'm not going to tease it any longer. I'll go ahead and let Matt take it away. Hey, Jake, Matt from uh, Health. How do you avoid the temptation to move past your MVP and spend too much on your, uh, on your launch? Appreciate your work. Hey, Matt. So thanks for your question. Um, just to let you listeners know, Matt's actually a customer of ours over at Launchpeer. Uh, we're building a really, really cool product for him right now. I'm really excited. We got the first round of designs for his app uh, not too long ago, and they look amazing. So I'm really excited uh, to be working with Matt, but just full disclosure, he's a customer. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, Matt, great question. Uh, how do you avoid the temptation to move past your MVP? Um, like I said in the intro, it is really, really difficult to do this. And even though I've worked with hundreds of startups before, uh, working with dozens of startups right now at the moment, uh, I, I find myself still making this mistake, even though I preach the absolute opposite thing to the people that we work with. Um, so I'm going to give you like the tips that I should also be listening to. And hopefully this helps me too, because you know, we're, we're going through this right now. So, uh, my company right now, we're building a product called launch bids. It's on product hunt. We have like four to 5,000 people pre-signed up on the email list. We actually came up with the idea about a year ago that basically what we're doing is we're making it a lot easier for someone to find a technical co-founder because when we at launch PR are getting prospects in and getting people to fill out our form on our website, there's a lot of people who don't have the budget to hire a development team to build a product. And what they want to do is find a technical co-founder to at least build some small part of it. And so we decided, Hey, our job at Launchpeer is not just to build products for entrepreneurs and startups. Our job is to help entrepreneurs and startups, uh, build something. And if that's not with us, then Hey, that's fine. That's no big deal, but we should find ways to help them. So we came up with this idea about, I think it was like six months ago, put up a, a ship landing page on product hunt and started getting people pre-signed up for it. So we did the right thing then. Like as soon as we had the idea, we knew we wanted to move forward with it, put a landing page up and started getting people signed up. The second thing that we did was we got feedback from different customers on what it was that they wanted out of a product that would help them find a technical co-founder. So we surveyed the people that were signing up for our email list, uh, got their feedback on what they would want in a product, uh, did some initial designs and mock-ups and showed it to a few people. And they were like, yeah, that looks amazing. That's what we want. So then we set out to build the first version of the product. And I have the luxury of having developers here on staff at Launchpeer to be able to do that. So we started working on the first product. You know, fast forward about four months. This is this is about a couple months ago, and our development team said, "Hey, we're ready. Like the product's done. I went in and tested it. Everything's great. Like it works well." And then what did I do? 
Well, I didn't ship, that's for sure. <laughs> I didn't I didn't ship the product. I I created a list of the people who said they wanted to be beta testers. I, you know, got all of them ready. I told them, "Hey, we're going to be shipping the beta pretty soon. Uh are you interested?" You know, a bunch of people raised their hand and said yes, which was awesome. And then I chickened out. And that's what I think a lot of founders do and I've seen people make that mistake before. Not only did I chicken out, but I also decided that there was a couple tweaks I wanted to make to the application, not tweaks that were required to ship a product, but things that I as a founder were just like, mm, I kind of wish that it would work this way instead. And that was a mistake. And looking back on it, I know it was a mistake. Um, so what I'm going to do, Matt, is I'm going to talk to you about three different things that you can do in order to one, not make the same mistake I'm making right now. And hopefully I won't be making very soon, uh, like very much longer, but I'm also going to talk about, you know, those three things are going to be things that any founder can do to make sure that they're not trying to move past the MVP to like stop them from moving past the MVP. So the first one is I want you to sit down and do an analysis of what the cost is going to be to your wallet and your timeline if you add in those extra features that aren't MVP features. Now, the way that you phrase the question, I'm assuming that you understand that you define what the MVP is and now you're changing what the MVP is. So all those things that you're changing after you already determined what the MVP was, I want you to sit down and like write those things out. And then once you have them in like line item priority order, I want you to determine what the cost to your project in terms of like money in the bank, like how much it's going to cost to build that. If you have a developer uh, that you're hiring, which Matt obviously hired us. So you know how much we would charge to do that. And also the cost to your timeline, like, is it going to extend the timeline to launch one week, two weeks, four weeks, six weeks? Like, you know, what is that going to be? And list them all out. And then I want you to just look at the list and stare at it for a few minutes. And I want you to think, is it really worth it to wait? Or is it really worth it to like build these things and wait to ship your product until those things are done? Usually there'll be several items on the list where you decide like, that's not really worth it. Like it's not worth it to pay an extra 5,000 here, 10,000 here, 15,000 here, or an extra one week or two weeks, or even a few days in order to like add this one little feature in that I think is really kind of a nice to have. So that's number one. The second thing I want you to do is don't assume that you know anything about what your customers want because you don't, because you don't have customers yet. Um, your users are really your product managers. So a lot of founders that we work with, they look at themselves as a product manager. And I don't think that's a bad way to go, but I really think the best way to look at it is to look at your customers like they're the product manager. And so with your customer being the product manager, it should be them deciding what features to add in scope, not you. Uh, ultimately, you're like you're the one that's making the final decision like a project manager, but the people who are your project or who your product managers who are determining what features to have in your application should not be you as the founder. It should be the customer and they should do that with their wallets. And so that's why I'm a big fan of like, once your MVP is defined, only focus on shipping that MVP and getting customers who are either paying you or signing up and actively using the application. Let them determine what features you should add in. And obviously there's some work that has to go into that. Uh, you're going to want to make sure that you have a way for them to request features or talk to you. And so there's different things that you can do. One of the things that we do for a lot of the applications we build at LaunchPeer is we build an intercom. Uh, that's intercom.com. 
It's like a in-app uh, support slash chat slash messaging uh, tool that lets you communicate directly with your users within the application. Uh, and so what that does is it allows our customers or our customers, customers <laughs> to chat with the founder and say, hey, I noticed you have this, but you don't have this. Or it allows the, our, the founders that we work with to send proactive messages to the people who sign up for their application and ask, hey, I know you're using this product product and you're using it a lot, or maybe you just used it a little bit. Uh, what do you think about it? And is there anything we can add to it that would make you really love using it? The other thing that I would do is find the people who love using your application in the beginning and talk to them and find out why they love the application. What pieces of it, what pieces of it do they love and use that feedback to improve the features that you already have that they love. We've had a lot of founders that we've worked with who, they build their MVP. They ask us to build extra features during development that aren't MVP-ish. They launch the whole product. And then they, after they launch, they realize that, hey, like half the people who I thought would really love that extra couple of features we added on never use it. A good example of this is we have some startups who say, oh, I want people to be able to register and log in with Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And then they have us build that in at a relatively minimal cost, but still it's a cost. And, you know, for startups, you want to keep as much money as you can in your bank account. They launch and then the users never log in or register with LinkedIn, or they never log in or register with Twitter, or they find something that they just never do. And so they realize, man, it would be really nice to have saved that time or money and used it on marketing or execution or something. And that's another thing when you're thinking about these features and you're thinking about whether or not you should ship these added features to your MVP, you really have to think about it from an opportunity cost. Like don't think about your, that you have an endless stream of money, which you probably don't. Most startups don't, um, think about it. Like you're not just spending a thousand dollars or $3,000 or one day or three days or a week to build this feature. You're also doing that, which means you're not utilizing that week for something else that you could have done instead. Now, if it was me and there was an extra feature that we could have built, I'd rather I trade the week it was going to take to build the extra feature and replace it with an extra week with my customers. And so think about it that way. It's like an opportunity cost. It's a trade-off. You know, your, your startup's time and money is like a pie. There's not an endless amount of either of those things because you don't have endless resources as a startup to be able to do those things. So, so those, those are the first two things the the last thing that I want to say, uh, number three is just launch and ship something like you can't, you know, when you're talking about building features that are outside of your MVP, think about like, why can't I just build these things after I ship? Like, is there a reason why? And you're probably going to try to convince yourself that, well, if I, if I don't build these before I ship, then people won't use the app. Well, fine, but how do you know? Like you, you don't know that for sure. You're assuming that, um, and most of the time, fear is sinking in, and so you're just assuming, and you're you're pro projecting your fears onto your customers, and you're assuming that that's what they're going to think too. But what's to say that you build just the MVP stuff, you, you force yourself not to build the things that you think are going to be required for somebody to use your application. Uh, let's say I ship it this next Monday and then nobody uses it for a, a, you know, let's just say you go a month and nobody's using it. Well, when 
that month is over, why can't you just come back and build the features that you thought people would absolutely have to have and then launch again? Obviously, if nobody's using it, then like it doesn't matter. You can relaunch and relaunch and relaunch. I've seen startups literally launch like five or six or seven times. Um, and it didn't have any negative impact on them at all. The reason they did that was because they were trying to find product market fit. And every time they launched, they would make a small change or tweak to either messaging or they were making a small tweak to their product or the design or something like that. And they were trying to measure and see like, okay, we're going to launch because we think this is what people want. Okay. They launch a few weeks go by or a couple weeks go by, not working. They don't want it. And then they change whatever they thought they needed to change and they relaunch again and then they relaunch again. So there's nothing stopping you from launching a second time or a third time. I actually have not seen a situation where a startup hasn't done it at least once or twice. At Launchpeer, we've done it at least two or three times and we're a services business. Like every, we change messaging sometimes, we change our marketing approach, we go after a different demographic of users or customers. And when we do that, we're doing it because we don't think what we were doing before was good enough. And so we change part of our service or we change the way we do pricing and then we launch again and then we launch again and we try to find different customers and it's okay to do that. I think there's this idea that your, your first launch is the only launch you get. And that's just not true. You can launch more than one time. So think about it that way. The features that you think you want that are outside of what you've defined as your MVP why can't you just launch with the MVP? And then if that doesn't work for some reason, then build those other features in and then launch again. And the answer probably is that nothing's stopping you from doing that. So anyway, great question, Matt. I'm really excited to work with you and your team. I, I love the question. That's it for today's episode. To celebrate the launch of the podcast, we're giving a listener a free ticket to TechCrunch Disrupt, which is this September in San Francisco. To learn more about the giveaway, head over to launchchat.io. And while you're there, you can also post your startup question right on our website. All you have to do is click record, ask your question, and we'll feature you on the show. Remember, if you don't want to miss an episode, head over to iTunes and subscribe. And we'd also love it if you gave us a rating or review. Until next episode, keep grinding. Keep grinding.